We are back. Uh, it is a fun edition of Lockdown Guardians. Coaches are still leaving Cleveland all the time. We have some listener requests. We're going to talk prospects as well. We're going to kind of begin our amp ramping up, I should say, to prospect talk on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. A uh, few things right here at the top of the show. Like I said, we're going to talk prospects, we're going to talk coaching changes. We are going to talk about um, uh, players that might fit the Guardians. A few quick uh, show notes. One, I want to give a thank you to uh, Eduriga, E-D-U-R-I-G-A. Nerds in the best possible way. Thank you. Even though you called me Jess, I'll assume that's a, a typo, but there's probably someone out there who's listening very excited thinking I was replaced by somebody else, and now they are sad when they see my face here. <laughs> like, finally, Jeff's got... Oh. Jess is my sister. We are a J family, but no, it is not my sister. It is still me here. Two, uh, even though we've been gone for like our own personal break and vacation, uh, Owen Miller, uh, we still know that return. Uh, that's, that's going to be one of the great enigmas so far of this offseason. I'm assuming it's cash because, uh, you know, the great theory about Feliciano, I believe San Diego claimed him. Um, I could be wrong there. Someone claimed Someone him. Someone did. Yeah. So that wasn't the trade. We'll see if it's cash. We'll see what's going on. Uh, with that, we still know about Owen Miller. Uh, we are in segment one. We're going to address some things because I don't want people to think that we're being all high and mighty here. Before that, uh, last uh, episode, a lot of people were like, why didn't you talk about Trevor Bauer? And we were talking about pitching and the pitching market. And one, I still think Jesus Lazardo is the way to go. But two, the reason we didn't talk about Bauer, and this is the only time we're going to address it, is there is obviously the off the field. And if you even look past that and you look past the fact that you know, this is the organization that employed Mickey Calloway and had, in some respects, be extra careful after everything that came out. Um, you know, he was a known doctor of baseballs. Like, I mean, he kind of put it on Front Street. That's not me saying anything as he was part of that crew. Like, you know, he knew how to do it and he was very intelligent about it. He was a, a smart individual. And three, it was obviously clear that he wore out his welcome in Cleveland. He was a bit of a headache. They didn't like all the humor and the stuff. I mean, they got annoyed about the whole um, uh, 420 and 69 stuff that he wanted in his contract. And then he considered that character assassination in the arbitration when they brought that up as a negative. So if they're already, and I know arbitrations can sometimes get a little off, but like they were done with him, even if there was no off the field and there is a huge off the field, but even if that didn't exist, I don't think they would be all that interested. So Bauer, we're not going to discuss him because the organization will have nothing to do with him um, off the field alone sets that up. But I think they have no interest in um, dealing with Mr. Outrage there. So uh, I just wanted to address it since it came up a bunch. And then the other thing to address is some people got annoyed with us uh, with the last show. And we're going to kind of talk about that here in segment one. Listen, it is fine if you want to make up your trades, if you want to use the trade value site, if you want to shoot for the moon and try to come up with fun things, that's fine. Uh, I'm not saying anyone shouldn't go out and do things, but if you're going to ask us about trades, we're going to take it with an evaluative eye. We are going to say that's not going to work. 
And we're also going to treat this like this is a news and analysis show. So we are going to handle all trade things like that. Like still have fun with it. Totally. You know, be part of the fun part of Guardians Twitter. That's totally cool. Uh, but we're going to pour cold water on things that just don't make sense. Yeah. I mean, we've asked multiple times. We, we did We did a bunch of shows early in the offseason. We asked for trade proposals and contract proposals. And we, you know, just, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Why won't this work? <clears throat> like I said, that's news and analysis. Um, you know, the offseason stinks. It's, it's not our fault that the that Major League Baseball's model, um, you know, makes the winter freeze as bad as it is. Um, and I would love to sit here and, and make up trade proposals all day. And I don't know. It's just not who we are. It's not who I am. It's not who you are. That's not how we run the show. And um, we definitely want to have a show that people enjoy. And, and we want listeners to to contribute like we had in the off seasons. Just um, I'm not making up anything crazy that I, if I know is not happening because I don't want to be the person who's like, you know, saying, oh, here's this trade. Like there are a bunch of, you know, people out random accounts out there that tweet that Brian Reynolds is going here. He's going there and people believe it and it doesn't happen. And that gets back to one of us like, Oh, you said this was happening. You know, like I don't, I don't want to be that person who, who that gets back to. And I don't, I don't think anybody will mistake me for that, but I, you know, that's just not what I do. And and we're happy to take any sort of um, ideas from people and then just discuss it. It's just, you know, and then make them our own. I'm kidding. Exactly. Still, yeah, we, we don't steal content. Not, no. We're not uh, and, Um That's for Hiram, who rushed to his defense on the last podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> the only person who has ever rushed to Jim Bowden's defense. Um, but, and here's the thing Bowden, I will say this to address that one. Yes, of course, he has information. He was a GM for a while. He still has some ties to people um, who he did not throw under the bus when he was part of a scandal in Washington. Um, about stealing millions of dollars from uh, poor um, Latin American kids. Go look it up. It's uh, not a great look, even if he was just someone who gave up evidence in the end. Uh, now that I've put myself for a defamation suit, but I, you know, to go back around to all of this, it's we're going to preach media literacy from now to the end of time, because there's so much junk out there and there's so much bad reporting. And I'm not going to say any of the sites, but like, there's a site that, you know, you can buy your followers, you can buy your blue check mark. And there was a site that a lot of people were retweeting earlier this year that had like hot information that none of it came true. And when you looked at the individual people who are part of that site, it always struck me as weird that this site has like 50,000 followers, but all the individual counts are under a thousand, like things like that. Like, you know, if you're going to pull, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, you can totally grow from that. And it's not to say they're not right, but again, front offices aren't uh, typically leaking things. It's agents. And unless someone knows any, like if someone tells me it's from the front office, I'm like, yeah, most, most of these leaks come from agents. So when someone's like, I got a buddy in the front office and they're passing you info, it, it, it's less believable just having been in and around the industry. As we said last week. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I have nothing to add to the power discussion, by the way, not, not, it's not happening. Uh, Cleveland's not interested and, and, my personal opinion is I, I don't, yeah, he was suspended for a reason. I know people will say, well, he wasn't guilty. Guilty isn't the same as, is not, you know, like not guilty is not the same as innocent, but anyway, that's, that's a totally personal thing. Everybody else is welcome to their own interpretations of things. He was suspended because clearly the league felt like he, you know, made, made them look bad and, and 
in the public eye and I Cleveland's just not going there. And I personally don't want to go there myself. So that's the end of that. If you're being perfectly honest, go look at his data in Cleveland. He had like one excellent year. Like he was kind of more of a mid rotation starter in Cleveland. And you can see where there's a lot of data for that doctoring that most pitchers were doing like, you know, Garrett Cole, you know, we, we saw, and they've figured out ways around it. He might be fine now, but there's also a readjustment period after that. So who knows? So even if we didn't have the off the field, which we do, there is that there was some acrimony in his departure. Um, and I believe he also said some negative things about Cleveland at various points. So I don't know why people are also very high on him uh, when he's kind of not been the most supportive of the city. We're going to take break one here right now on that very fun note. Uh, we're going to come back. Talk about the Guardians continue to get rated for uh, intelligence and coaching and all that fun stuff. A very interesting uh, person just left to join the Boston Red Sox. We got uh, from a eagle-eyed follower some great ideas. We're going to talk about AJ Pollock in segment two. In segment three, we're going to, like I said, like Justin said, we're going to take a long view at the uh, first, at some positional breakdowns prospect-wise on today's Locked on Guardians. But first this message from one of our fantastic sponsors and those are our good friends over at bet online today's sponsor of the show uh betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the world cup when it happened now uh, maybe they do the transfer market uh, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And betting is now legal in Ohio. I know you're not in Ohio, so it doesn't impact you. But I'm definitely going to be curious to see um, who has been placing bets or who will be. And I might get into some of that Some some light stuff myself. I don't know. I've got a lot of friends who are, uh, who are very interested on in New Year's Eve. They were refreshing their phones at midnight waiting to, Oh, I was not, but come baseball season, I might, you know, try to dig into it. Maybe we'll, we'll cover that a little more on the show now that it's, uh, relevant in Ohio. And I think, I don't know, I guess the majority of our listeners are from Ohio. If you're not, uh, let us know. I suppose it's always nice to hear who's listening outside of the state but uh if you're if you're one of the people who are also going to be more active in uh sports betting now that it's legal in ohio um let us know if that's something you want us to do more about we'll try to i'll try to research a little more and uh maybe we'll we'll dig in a little more yeah it's never really been for me i i'm just honest i like to have a little more it's hard with baseball yeah i uh, i bet on ohio state michigan for uh, for with the buddy last last uh season and obviously ohio state lost and i bet with my heart and i said i was never going to do it again because that that broke me and i haven't since so we'll see uh so just a fun little thing if you're curious uh because justin mentioned this we haven't done this in a while but actually in megaphone we can talk about the geolocation 95 percent of our downloads are from the united states can you guess what countries two three and four would be for most listened to on the show. They each are 1% of our listener audience. Um, Jamaica. I don't know. <laughs> Jamaica, not in our top uh, 10. Canada, oh, Canada's fourth. United Kingdom is third. And Australia is our number two. 
Uh, Germany rounds out the top five. Uh, South Africa and Thailand might be the surprising ones in there. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, And if you want to know in the, uh, the United States, it is Ohio and then Pennsylvania, Florida, and California are all 4%. Then Illinois, New York, Michigan, Connecticut, North Carolina, and Georgia all at 2%. Uh, Ohio is 47% of our downloads. So not even half. So kind of a, just a yeah. fun random bit. Uh, that used to be something I would actually do on the show. Uh, we would go and do that. Some people like that. So let us know what you thought about the quick little fun with uh, listener bases. Or if you found that really invasive of your privacy. Uh, also, like, comment, click below uh, if you're on the YouTube side of things. Kyle Hudson, uh, University of Illinois wide receiver and baseball player. Fourth round pick, I want to say, um, out of Illinois. Uh, this is all from top of my head, uh, from reading it earlier. He was, you know, he came to Cleveland not that long ago. I want to say it's in the last five years and, you know, filled a variety of roles as a, I want to say the kind of the hitting instructor. And now he's going to be Boston's first base coach or he, he got called up pretty quickly. They had, they liked him. They had their eyes on him. He was part of Tito's staff last year. Yeah. He did a lot of work with the outfielders, a lot of, um, Help just gone guy getting. I know they did a lot of segments on the on the uh, Guardians pregame show, just talking about how they would go out and, and get guys ready to play at certain parks, like Fenway and Yankee Stadium, and the new the new design of Camden Yards. They did some stuff on, so he was really instrumental with helping out the outfielders defensively and working uh, on guys with that too. But yeah, he was a quickly rising coach in the organization. I, don't, I think he had an offensive role. I think you're right, but uh, <clears throat> I know he did work with the the outfielders quite a bit this year. So they've had a very, I know people will say like, Oh, Tito's an older coach and they're, you know, they people don't like what they do and they've had a much younger staff and they, they have lost a lot of these young guys because that's the thing. When you, when you have a young staff, if you're hiring the right people, they do get hired away and look how often that has happened for Cleveland. Every, everybody they hire gets, gets jobs somewhere else. So, uh, you know, they are bringing aboard obviously good coaching talent and, uh, developing good coaching talent and they're going on to to higher roles and they've retained some of them i mean we'll see how that goes in the future but uh yeah i like i said i think when we addressed the last set of coaches to leave i said this will not be the last coach this this offseason to leave i didn't know who it would be but i just had a feeling somebody else would be you know picked off this offseason and there we are yeah, he uh so if you want the full details, like I said, he was a football player. It's always interesting when they're two sport, but uh 14 game stint in the big leagues in 2011. And then he's been since 2020, uh he he coached at Illinois for a bit, then he joined Cleveland in 2019, was pushed up to the big leagues in 2020, and although here we go for 2023 is now the first base coach. So that is that is quite a fast ascension uh for him. Since again, he was only in Cleveland like two years. Um, so good on him. Good. Uh, I mean, it seems like a smart hire. Uh, he was clearly someone who was rising very quickly and that only happens for a reason. Uh, and then cause I clicked on that, that means that I, uh, lost where I was. We had a, a listener, um, Matt and K I'm probably butchering your name who brought up this idea of would AJ Pollock fit for the guardians. And it was actually a very well reasoned, well thought out point of how he could be, kind of that lefty hitter that uh, could be a platoon partner. Uh, you know, and he really gets into the the data on this, but uh, yeah. What, what were your thoughts? What were your kind of take on this? 
Yeah, I mean, I had to go and look. I, I remembered from the season that Pollock had good numbers against lefties, and I remember the trade he went to the White Sox. I'm trying to think. was That, that was the Craig Kimbrell the trade. Kimbrell trade, yeah. Yeah, that was a very strange trade. Was it two lose, years ago? Was it? Yeah, it was last offseason. Last offseason. Yeah, and Craig Kimbrell wasn't, wasn't around. He didn't have the closers role very I was shocked long, he but... got $10 million after he was so bad last year. Just... Well, Dave Dombrowski has never been good at building a bullpen, so I'm sure that's going to go fantastic. That's the reason they lost in Detroit all those years. Um, yeah, I had, I had to go. I mean, obviously – you know, Maton or Maton, I'm not sure how you say his name either, but um, a lot of good backup data to, data to back it up. I mean, uh, exit velocity and hard hit rate and strikeout rate were all strong against lefties. Definitely not a guy who should be playing against right-handers. The splits were pretty awful in terms of what he did against right-handers, a 593 OPS, but a 935 OPS against, uh, against lefties. And, you know, he is getting up there in age. He's 35. He's not going to give you a whole lot defensively. I mean, the outfielder jump and um, outs above average, not not fantastic. I know you do get downgraded for, for playing in a corner defensively. but um, And health issues with him through his career. He has had health issues. I wonder if, though, if he is – I mean, it, it, it seems very tricky and, and pedantic to carry a – a player on your roster who is like pretty much just a, a DH versus lefties. Like think about how granular that is. That's a very hard way to, to manipulate your roster to have that guy on there. And you have to, if you're doing that, you have to assume this guy is going to make a legitimate impact. Um, if he's not, he's still, you know, has a good arm. Arm strength was rated well on, on stack cast sprint speed still at 60 percentile. So that's not like terrible. Um, Everything else is pretty good on there. Chase rate and walk rate kind of stink, but if you put them against lefties only, I don't know. It's a very hard roster spot to to plan for, and and you'd have to obviously have to make a forty man move at this point to add anybody. And I don't know what AJ Pollock's market is, but think about this: you have a lot of young guys in this roster. Obviously, if you're not playing AJ Pollock every day, there stands the reason you could keep him healthy. I don't know if that necessarily translates, but you can at least say. That's possible. He's off his feet more often and less chances to run to the wall or who knows what. Um, but it, it sort of gives you a fail safe too, right? Like um, if Oscar Gonzalez regresses at all and, and runs into issues, you kind of have Pollock there who, who might be able to fill some at-bats if you run into issues there. Um, they do have a spot, to be honest. Like they do. Like look, again, Especially against lefties, you have, you, you know, you play Gonzalez in the right field, you play Bell at first. Uh, you bench Naylor against lefties because that's the whole reason Josh Bell is here. Uh, you still have at, at DH bats, and you can obviously fill that with you know Ramirez or, or whoever else um, if you want to to spread the at bats around. But if you put AJ Pollock in there against lefties and he does what he did a year ago, that's some pretty significant production. Um, and then you know you would need a defensive replacement late in the game for either him or Oscar Gonzalez in right field anyway, but. Um, if you could carry that roster spot, it's an interesting idea. I don't know. Again, I don't know what his market is and, and what's going on out there, but um, there's definitely room to put him on there. If, if you, it gives you some, it gives you a little bit of, uh, it raises the floor, right? It raises your floor. You can, you can put someone in there who has a reasonable, successful experience in the majors and he's older than the rest of the roster too and has some, some other playoff experience around good teams too. So that could be helpful. 
for and like I understand all of the logic with it and everything else, but um, for a guy who's had the health issues, who's going to be who just turned thirty five, my view in this situation is I'd just rather see Oscar play, and if not Oscar, then Brennan. It feels like you're taking at bats away from guys you kind of need to see. And as you mentioned, the forty man, like he's it's interesting. It's a good call. I, I wouldn't be like annoyed by it. I'd be slightly annoyed by it if I'm being honest, just because again, you got to kind of see what Brennan can do. You have to see if Gonzalez is the real deal or not. Um, George Valera needs to get at bats probably this year as well at some point, maybe towards the end of the year. So I just, I don't love that part. And then honestly, like he makes too much sense to go back to the Dodgers right now and maybe combine with Outman. We, you know, we talked about on last week's show when we went long that the Dodgers outfield is a, a crap show. That's where I muted myself. If you remember, if you're watching the video and I don't talk for two minutes, for some of you, that might have been your favorite part of the show. But, uh, you know, Trace Thompson is, is being counted on a guy who couldn't get out of AAA when the Guardians were running Bradley Zimmer. And no, Bradley Zimmer wasn't part of that team. But we're running uh, an equally unimpressive outfield group and he couldn't get up there. So, I mean, I, I still think it makes sense for a reunion. Go back out that way. Um, and then, you know, the great equalizer, what I should probably look at is where his wife's from because that should absolutely be a part of the thing. And sometimes, you know, it's like that helped the guardians get, um, get uh, Josh Bell, right. You know, that it sometimes either the player or the player's wife's family, having that close is a benefit uh, and close is all relative. That's also how the blue jackets got, got I probably butchered his name, but like he wanted to be close to family, but not so close. They couldn't randomly show up, but a, a quick, plane flight away so uh his his wife is from colorado or born in australia she's an interesting person in her own way it looks like but uh yeah i mean if they had a life in la i think that's maybe where he ends up but my views i just rather let the young kids play yeah i mean i wonder if you could find a way to to, to get at bats for everybody like you know straw in center and Quan and left you can still play gonzalez most of the time and right you still have Brennan out there the DH spot against lefties is really, I guess, the only spot that's kind of open. So you're right. If it's just, it, it doesn't matter. Like, what are you, are you going to play? Okay. If you're, if you have a lefty on the mound. Um, so he becomes won't... Naylor's platoon. Bell plays every day. Gonzalez yeah. plays every day. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I Cause I mean, when, when Brennan came up last year, I'm sure they'll do the same thing to be honest, but they didn't let him play against lefties to begin with. Right. So it's not like if Pollock comes in as the DH, against lefties, you're not taking it bats away from Brennan anyway, because I want to see Brennan play more than anybody. I I would like to see Brennan be the everyday starter in right field, to tell you the truth. I thought, nothing against Oscar. It's just I I have a lot more um, – well, I have I think that Brennan's got more um, potential to be a good everyday regular. Um, I don't know. I guess upside Gonzalez has a little more due to power, but you're not taking it bat. If they're going to platoon him anyway, you're not taking the bats away from him. You've just got to decide – how to divvy up at bats between um, Brennan and Gonzalez and right field. Although the problem is right now, like you're, I don't know. Do you need like who are your backup infielders? Will Brennan is Will Brennan the only extra outfield on your bench? Do you, do you sacrifice an infielder to add someone like AJ Pollock? I don't know. Um, it's, it's a kind of a nice to have, I suppose. Right. Like, and here's the thing, if he's not good, I would imagine they're not going to be spending a lot of money on him if they're getting him. If that was like, if that ever came up to, you know, there's, there's no rumors out there, by the way, that they're, they're connecting this. This was one person's idea that we just, I, I think happens to be a decent one. 
you're probably not spending a lot of cash on him. If he stinks, you dump him in, in June. And you want to know what? If you get to the point where, okay, we have to play Brandon and Gonzalez. We have to play Valera. Like, there's no, we get to, you know, these guys are banging down the door. We can't not play them every day. So if, 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 if Pollock's playing good, maybe somebody out there really needs an outfield, you can trade him for something and you open up room for somebody else. This is it's the same. It's the same reason they bring in. They should bring in a second catcher behind Zanino, right? Because it gives them the option to delay Naylor's arrival, and you know you just need depth. Really, I think you just need depth. I know we. I know you've said that outfield depth might be the best in Cleveland. It's been a long time, even if it's inexperienced depth. But um, it's a long season. A lot could happen, especially with young players. Guys could regress. You know, having that fail-safe option is always good. It's not like now people are going to be like, oh, well, it's Domingo Santana or it's uh, who are some of the other outfielders they brought in that were just so Melky bad. Like Cabrera, Domingo Santana, Hanley Ramirez. I guess he was Carlos Gonzalez. Was it? Carlos yeah, Gonzalez. Carlos Gonzalez. That was a terrible one. Um, Malky Cabrera was like okay. He played like he had like a like a seven eighty OPS or something. So yeah, he wasn't, wasn't that bad that year. Same thing like Austin Jackson was was that, and he was mm-hmm. awesome that year. But um, you know. You got you to kind of get a little lucky at sometimes with those. Uh, let's actually take a break here, uh, come back, and we're going to talk prospects. We're going to talk big picture. We're not going to do top tens yet. We're going to look at some positions. So make sure to comment below kind of like what you would like us to talk about prospect-wise, maybe as we move through positional groups. Uh, I think we'll start with catcher today. It's everyone's favorite, and we'll see how much time we have uh, from there. Uh, but First, we're going to take another quick break from a fantastic sponsor who helps this show go. And that sponsor is BuiltBar.com. You know them. You love them if you've ever ordered from them. And if you do order, remember the promo code is LOCKED15. That'll save you 15%. That's what I use on all of my orders. And here's the thing. I love Built Bar. So right now, they have 10% off all products site-wide. I ignore the what they tell us to read because it's actually a product I buy. Uh White chocolate peppermint granola is personally, for me, the most tempting flavor they have right now. They do coconut well. Um, they're, uh, the churro is solid. I've gotten that one. I've li- I like the, sal- the salted caramel as well. Coconut brownie is a favorite um, amongst our, our base. I like my one. I'm not a big fan of white chocolate. That's the only reason I'm not ordering a box today. But here's the thing. If I click on this, like this white chocolate peppermint has pieces of candy in it. It has peppermints in it. I know from having gotten other bars. So like, how good can it be for you? It's got candy on it. It's got three grams of fat. It has 15 grams of protein and only seven sugars. Uh, It is 23 total carbohydrates. It's good for you. It's going to taste good, be good for you, fill you up. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Remember, you use that promo code LOCK15. It's the only protein bar I will buy and or eat. So uh, we'll go a little over 30. So it's not just slamming you. Here you go. Now go follow the rest on YouTube. <laughs> so the reason I think we decided to start with catching is because uh, catching is a poop show. Uh, I can't use the language that I, I want to use, but the depth in the system is not great. They really haven't drafted that many catchers recently. They used to always draft about one to two a year. Uh, I would have to go look. It's like, was Josh Roulette the last catcher they drafted? Like, it's it's not been a high amount of catchers drafted by this organization. They've kind of just punted the position. And what that leads us to is we were discussing this, and it's like, okay, you got Lavastida, 
you got um, Naylor, and then there's no one else who – is there anyone else who even – I think we said no one who's even a top 50 prospect. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the catchers in the organization. Um, you're like hoping a young down. kid succeeds. Yeah, you're. I, they've really gone the international route with catching, to be honest. Like they've decided to pass on catching in the draft the last couple of years, and they've signed. I mean, they did take Logan Clark this year, high school catcher. I think that was the 17th round. It was. It was pretty late in the draft. Um, he was a high school kid though, and they signed him, which was really surprising that he signed, but. So they did have him. That was the first. They did draft a catcher this past okay. off or this I, past I, year. That was uh, blanked on that day, day three players. Yeah, Logan Clark, a uh, kid out of California. Everybody else has oh. been free agent signings. You had Seth Goodell and Zach Facia, Mark F- Mike Falia, who's um, wasn't uh, Facia like an undrafted guy too? He was. Yeah, that was another guy. So they've really leaned into the international market with catching, and they have a bunch of international guys like there are, I don't know. It's such a high risk position anyway, to, to talk about like, I don't know if you want to start heading down this route, there's a bunch of guys there. We can start at the top and I'll, I'll just give you some teenagers names that are worth listening to. They're not, nobody's top 50. Like David Fry, I think may David Fry is maybe the only one that can crack the top 50. Um, but even then we're, you know, it's very uncertain if he's actually a catcher. Um, that's about it, right? Like, there's nobody else. I think that that makes that. I don't know. Does um, Michael Berglund is possibly top fifty-ish? Probably not. I don't know. He's a. I don't know. Like, I have a hard time when when you get a guy through the minor league portion of the Rule Five draft. It's so. It's, yeah. You know, so like so few of those guys ever go. I was I was pulling up my Logan. Um, my Logan uh, Logan Clark data and I uh, what I tweeted that it was exit velocity and good pop times and uh, that he was 19 year old 19 years old uh, when they drafted him which I always say is something that stands out because in the past they've avoided that so when they take a guy who goes against model then that shows there's a guy they believe in. Yeah, I think it's just a surprise they even got him signed to be honest. Right, I forget where he was committed to go to college, but. When you're taking a high school kid in the 16th round, uh, you can go over to a certain extent because what is it the after Cal State Bakersfield, so not the the biggest of the Bakerfields. You can go 125. Yeah, you can. You know, it doesn't it, only a certain percentage. And he was the 11th over. ranked catcher in the state of California. So I mean, he wasn't a huge huge name. That sounded like a knock on him. Uh, he was a he's a you know like I said a, a 194 pop is fantastic and 90 like he's got all the tools to be a 74 miles per hour was his, was, I'm sorry, his throwing arm 90 was his exit velocity. So good, good tools, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he even signed though, is just incredible. So we'll see what happens there, but yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious where to go from this position, right? It's Naylor and Labastida. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, are you, are you going David Fry at three or are you going Berglund at three? I mean, I'd probably go Fry because I actually think he could probably hit major league uh, pitching. I don't know, like I, I think he can. I, I think he can be a platoon bat. I, I do believe in that. Um, but I don't know if I mean, he's a catcher long term. That's the problem. No, like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if he's like, a catcher either. The best one thing I just I just don't know if he's actually a catcher. He might be 
Like we talked about Dalton, Dalton Varsha, who is an outfielder who can moonlight as a catcher. David Fry is probably like a, a first third baseman who can moonlight as a catcher, but the defensive, the defensive abilities to uh, a catcher between Dalton Varsha or David Fry are like, you know, a football field wide. <laughs> probably and, uh, not, Nothing against David Fry. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, wasn't, isn't Victor is tourists is probably the, biggest uh, money signing they had at the catcher position from the international market. Wasn't yeah. He's up there. Signing? Yeah. And obviously he is um, a no name kind of too, because he is the uh, 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 son of uh, uh, mate. He's the nephew of uh, Cesar and Razor. Nephew. I don't think he's son. I think he's nephew. I'm going to check that real quick. Not that I don't believe you, but I, I can't remember my own. Um, um, I put up a list from uh, I put up an article from our, our friend Matt Lyons over at the uh, covering the corner. I forgot what they uh, sometimes names get changed, uh, but you know, Matt's yep. pretty reliable, and uh, no, you're right, it, he is the nephew, I, yeah. That and but that was also the Jason Churio class, so just to put those two together, okay. Um, so there's there's Victor as tourists, yeah, and then there it's a lot of unknowns. You've got yeah. Jose Cedeno, who's a really both those guys got 1.2 million uh, is tourists and Churio. They, they were on a similar, uh, just to give kind of some background. Yeah. While they're gathering stat, there's. Um, yeah, it's, I think you're right. It's interesting. And I think to, to interrupt you completely here, uh, do what everyone loves a, how much they're left-handed catchers, all these young kids. But I think it makes me wonder, like just getting these guys young so you can work on all the things you want them. And then bilingality, is that the way to say it? I mean, I think being bilingual is huge. And I think they really want to move towards that with catching. I think a lot of teams want to move towards that in managing and catching in general. And I think that's part of the reason that they're going that way. And again, you know, uh, Logan Clark has some good physical tools, uh, power wise and his pop. Uh, don't look at the, the, the running stuff. That's, that's not gonna, um, not, not his strong point. Uh, he is a strong squat kid and they liked him enough to go and get him. So he, he's someone to pay attention to. He's not like listed places, but when they draft someone, uh, it is very clear that they don't want they don't want older players. Like, who was the last like college player they invested a high draft pick in? Was it Logan Ice? Like, is that the last one? I mean, they oh, for Bo Naylor. Yeah, it's like Bo Naylor's. A, you know, was a high school kid. Uh, Alex Lavisky was a high school kid. Go for the last time they drafted a local product. Um, but yeah, they've gone for more of those young players. They want to develop them. They don't want the bad habits. They don't want the college coaching. I think you're, I think you really hit a nail on the head that I think they'll continue to go to international. So you can get those guys signed even younger and you can coach them up. I mean, they are so into the nitty gritty and detail that I think, I think there's a lot of, in, like I said, I think it's a very smart statement from you. Yeah. I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> that doesn't happen too often, but yeah, I mean, if you just look at the makeup of the roster, that's really where everything comes from is is all those guys. I mean, there's Michael Anditis. That was a, another late catcher. He barely plays. I forget where he's even from. I'm sorry. Um, Manuel Mejias is another one that was an international signing. Robert Lopez was an international signing. I mean, just looking at their organizational roster, you've got one, two. Uh, I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six catchers on the, on the roster that were drafted and the rest are all either How about um, this fact? international or acquired. So if I go to roster resource um, and look at this and I look at their catcher depth, they have seven catchers, all of mm -hmm. them from signed from amateur signings from Venezuela. 
like not only is it just catchers, but it's only Venezuelan catchers. Isn't that where um was that where um Victor Martinez was from? I don't remember. He could man, yeah. But it's interesting that it's not just catchers, it is only Venezuelan catchers. Country. Right yeah. Uh, so I mean they must really like there's a scout who's maybe there or someone they trust. Yes, he was born in Ciudad de Bolivar uh, in Venezuela. So uh, I don't know if they've got if, if Victor still got a hookup and they got some chat, but it is interesting <laughs> that that they are focused on. You have to ask Yudi uh, Melendez, the uh, yeah. who's the director of international scouting now, I believe. Yudi Melendez used to be uh, a local guy. I ran into yeah. him a couple times. So when I was covering high school baseball. Uh, yeah, yeah I was him, in a... uh, Trey Gant, who they drafted. He was out. Scouting oh yeah. Today. Yeah, I caught him at a high school game in 2015 in the Northeast Ohio. I won't say where, but um, well, I guess it doesn't matter now. It was, it was Notre Dame Cathedral Latin. It was for uh, a kid named Ryan Falls. I'm not sure that's who, he's ta- that's who I was there to see. But uh, yeah, he's their international scouting director now, I think. Uh, he was sitting up in the front, uh, you know, occasionally bored of points. It was not a great game. Uh, and then <laughs> I was I was chatting with Burke Granger in the back, and we were just talking about things. I remember that one. That one stands out. It was a fun game. Um, Lucas Goldbreath was the pitcher on the mound. So he was interesting. Oh. Uh, Colorado, I believe. He was a Colorado high school kid, went to Minnesota. Uh, but we should call it a episode for you audio listeners. We went a little long. Uh, we'll continue talking a little bit more, getting in the weeds here uh, for the YouTube followers. Uh, this is at you know, this point in the show. I want to thank you all for reading and reviewing, listing. Uh, you know the, the spiel. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on all of your listening uh, apps, whatever you use. We greatly appreciate uh, everyone who is a part of the Lockdown Guardians team. Um, thank you all. Uh, thank you for not getting mad at us for taking a bit of a break. Uh, yes, we need that you. chance to, to recharge and refresh. And uh, let's also be honest, it's not like there was a lot of news to pull us away. I don't think MLB Trade Rumors has even had a like anything. <laughs> so uh, thank you all again. And go, go, Guardians. Go.